right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right. We're back. A week off. Yay, yay. One day shy. Merry St. Patty's Day Eve, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is when the bender begins. Uh, with two Irishmen broadcasting live from two different states, you know, out here, put my eight percent up to the up to the table. I got a little more than that, but you know, was, uh, we're all Irish on that St. Patty's Day, unless you're drinking something other than Irish whiskey, at which point I don't claim you. I think that you're everybody's Irish unless you're British. Yeah, no, there's that or Italian. <laughs> Italian's another big one. Which I am part Italian, but more Irish. But yeah, feel, British I, is the big one, though. Yeah, I feel like, but I feel like, at least to my knowledge, the uh, the Italians didn't actively try to oppress <laughs> Ireland. Not in Ireland, no. I, yeah, I think not there's in diff- Ireland. Different relationships in cities in the U.S. I think that's oh, given yeah. a lot more to that fire. Listen, but, if we're comparing anything to America, then we've already failed. Fair, yeah. But St. Patty's Day. Um, Shout out to all the cities that truly do it right. Chicago being one of them, which there's no way that that's, you know, environmentally friendly to dye your entire river green. But no, no. Hey, also I, I like respect it, that they do it. It's so like outrageous. If, if we're still eating food out of these rivers that are around major cities, then we have failed our, our species anyway. Yeah, no. For Yeah. I, I mean, I, we eat food out of the Gulf. That's all oil. Yeah. It's literally... Gulf oil, (laughs) (laughs) the new Cajun seasoning, the BP edition. You dig, and like every time I see some people fishing on a Schuylkill, I'm like, you don't care about your life. You're trying to get. They might find a body. Like trying to get cancer, they might eat it. I'm like, listen, it came up on the hook. We got to take it down. Yeah, that'd be that'd be like the Charles River. I was like, there's more nasty shit in there than fish, and it's not even a close comparison. Yeah, like it's. Once again, it's 2021. If we're still eating from rivers, we are the ones who have rivers that aren't in like Montana. Like Montana rivers, I'm cool with. And they might have some oil pipelines up there too. Yeah, I'm about to say but- there's Americans <laughs> out there and they don't play nice with the with those <laughs> reservations in that water. So like in theory, them those are healthy like the Dakotas. I'm like, oh, I might try it out, maybe. However, the Montana thing is just there's no people, so I feel like we're safer there. There's, there, I mean, there are probably more bears than people. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, episode twelve. Um, Come it, on, man. We already know. We got to go through this part. Is this part we got to go through? <laughs> What's known doesn't need to be said. Known does not need to be stated. <laughs> okay, but also, also, I'm gonna give a crazy shout out here. Uh, to obviously, okay. we know who it is. Uh, you know, we're mm-hmm. repping, we're repping it. But I want to give some love to Brock Holt, one of my favorite okay. Red Sox of my lifetime as a human being. Okay. Uh, not just as a player. And I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. This is a man that I've had the opportunity of meeting. Very nice guy. Still uh, follows me on Twitter. Not to brag. John Stockton? Uh, the professor. Oh, uh, no, Grayson Boucher, the, the professor. The professor. I can dig the professor uh, uh, from everything I've ever heard. A very nice human being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and one basically second home was Philadelphia. So he spent a good amount of time here. I've heard nothing but positive things about the dude. And he seems like. Like when I was on social media, he was one of the people I followed, and it was just dope to see what he was doing and reinventing himself. Yeah, no, he's done. I like the Spider-Man stuff was what really set him off post, you know, mm-hmm. actual traveling career. 
Uh, but yeah, he, he was just a nice dude. I mean, at the time I was probably seven, 16, 17, maybe. And, and they were playing, this is when they were with ball up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we were just chilling. Um, Cause I had kind of networked and, and gotten to know Pat, the rock, another legend mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of introduced me to everyone, which was pretty surreal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was like, you know, fest was cool. Like, that, that, I think the, the one that stuck with me the most, uh, I mean, I've even joked back and forth with him like over the years about this, like anytime, like I'm commenting on one of his posts or something was he basically was like, all right, you want to go grab me a soft pretzel? And he just gave me 20 bucks. And he's like, yeah, just keep the rest of it. And I was like, there's no way that's more than $2. <laughs> so I appreciate it because as a 17 year old, even in the suburbs, $20 basically Listen. for free. That, Not that also <laughs> speaks to how trash food is around the country where like you're jonesing for a soft pretzel on the East Coast that you're like, yeah. Yo, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you and the not in, And not in Philadelphia, like not yeah, a soft pretzel in Philly. Close enough. At, at the Harvard, uh, you know, Harvard, ba- Harvard's basketball arena. That's where he wanted his soft pretzel. Six hours away from Philly. They're like, listen, you got a soft pretzel for me, dog? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> not on the ants. It is not. Nah. But like, I, I dig it though. I, I like the fact that I mean, it, it does say a lot because he, at the end of the N one tour, was one of the three biggest names in the N one tour. Ball up was what it was. It wasn't nearly as big as N one, mm-hmm. but he was still a, a sports celebrity to that point. He, yeah, he was still people knew. You know, they may not have known him, but it was like he was. He, he had enough name recognition where he transcended like street ball. Yeah, it's like yeah, you were like yeah. the professor, and like people knew what that meant. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 definitely dope that people can still stay who they are. And he just got over an Achilles injury, which is amazing. Um, I mean, I followed that story for a little bit on on YouTube, and he seems to be back doing his thing, making his money. Um, I, that's dope, man. Like, I think that those kind of guys, there is no real retirement plan, so you got to be very strategic about what you do going on with the rest of your life. Like, if those guys actually had better since when it came to the business or maybe even better representation, all of those guys should be multimillionaires based upon what they did for about five summers. Yeah. And I think he's one of the people, you know, that we've talked about, um, you know, previously of the people that squeeze the most out of who they are and what's Mm -hmm. in them. Um, You know, like even if I'm not mistaken, his life story is pretty like he was going through shit, if I'm not mistaken, and kind of had to get his life back on on the right path and um i know he looked to his faith a lot for that so he's yeah he's got a great background um wait 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 wait, wait, wait. before you even go into what the background is ivan i'm just going to give you some life advice any white guy (laughs) finds god 95 (laughs) percent of his time around black guys in the ghetto (laughs) he got some shit going on (laughs) yeah any white guy was like you know what i want to do i want to play basketball on the streets in a ghetto that's what I want to do against the best competition. I'm going to be the only white person out there. And we're going to see what happens from here. Like that, that right there, he was hardened in a way that life doesn't typically harden yep. a person. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to speak to it too much because I, I don't want to butcher anything. But maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll shoot him something after this and we can try and even secure maybe, maybe 20 <laughs> secure, minutes. Secure, I, I think one of the things that too, and we can definitely get off the professor after this, even though we can, I mean, I love talking about street ball in general, but. I remember vividly because when and one because and one really before it became like the TV show on ESPN, 
a lot of the stuff they were doing was in Philadelphia. It was in New York for the primarily almost all of it was Philly and New York and in around the Jersey area. That was like where they was doing stuff at. And when they finally blew up with the ESPN streetball series, professor made his name mostly by making hot sauce inadequate. Like, and that's insane because hot sauce was the biggest star at that yep. time. But hot sauce wasn't a fundamental basketball player. He was one of the greatest, if not the greatest street ball players, but the N1 team, the reason why they were so dope wasn't just because they had the tricks and they could do the handles and they could dunk and all. That was half of the battle. The other half was majority of those dudes played Juco, played college, or, played yeah. high school ball, played overseas. They were legit. Real, ba- real ballers who happened yeah. to pick up the tricks. And Professor was one of them dudes. Like, he could really hoop. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he could just do the the, the slip and slide. He can do off the he's. This dude could really ball. He could put the buckets on you, you know, and then he could play good enough defense. He was not not the shooting aspect, just the type of game he played. He was the street ball Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Yeah, like you he, know, it was really Curry. interesting because when they came through with ball up, and I think M1 ran similar stuff, is basically they have an open run, um, kind of midday, just local courts, and then they kind of just pick whoever the best local players are, and they're like, all right, you're a team. You're going to play against these dudes. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting courtside watching this game. Like it was, it, this was no joke. Like they were really physical. Like mm-hmm. you could tell. Like these are real, real ballers. Like real you know, e- even on that team. Like you know, I know Fess didn't get any college offers, um, and he played in community college. But mm-hmm. it was like Pat played at Cincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, special effects played at St. John's, I believe. I think you're right. So it's like, like, these are not like, you know, even, you know, when we talk about Juco, yeah, there's that. But some of these dudes are like legit D1 players. And some and of the reasons why they that didn't mentality. Make, yeah. And some of the reasons why some of these dudes didn't make D1 because they didn't have the right opportunities. Right. They didn't have the right people in their corner making sure that, like, that's the thing too. I think we forget that. Like, like AO, North Philly zone, he had, I think, three tryouts with three different NBA teams in his time with N1. You don't just get tryouts with NBA teams just because you like basketball. You have a lot of skill. And and some of these guys went to really small schools because that was the opportunity that they were given where if I firmly believe that if AAU was what it is today back then, a lot of those guys who ended up on AN one would have been in a dope in a in a strong AAU program, which would have been a pipeline to to at least, at least a mid-major D1 school. Like you can't look me in my face and tell me that half those guys couldn't play at St. Joe's. Oh, no, they for sure could have. Like, you know, the, the one I'm the story I'm thinking of was uh, Air up there. Oh, Air was a beast. He played, so he played a bit at UTEP. I, I don't know if he played at UTEP. He went to UTEP for a bit, I'm assuming, as a player. Also, also, sidebar, UTEP is the first school in NCAA history to start five black Texas players. Western. Mm hmm. Shout yep. out to them. Um, but uh, the thing I'll always remember is. He got his shot with M1. He like he was like a janitor at the time. Like that was kind of the beauty of what those teams did is traveling tours was like it like that that's a life-changing opportunity for someone like him. And the first person on film to do a 720 dunk. Fact. You know how Apparently, insane that is? Yeah, he Yes, I mean I've watched it many times and still can't believe it's real. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> and this guy was mopping floors. And he and like the thing is like he he wasn't like even like uh absurdly like he wasn't like big you know what i mean like Ooh. you would think like as you know someone's gonna pull up a 720 maybe not a lebron just from a weight perspective but probably like, six six like kobe six height two 
Yeah, he's six he's two six and a two. half. I think. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. like six three in sneakers. Yeah, listed at six two. So like, yeah, basketball. Be... You're six one and a quarter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's crazy. And, and the sad part is for me, like a lot of those guys basically were the basketball version of Vince Papali, but they just happened to mostly not be white. And there wasn't tryouts for NBA team. Like the D League wasn't even a thing back then. It wasn't. The no. Part. Like the D League came towards the end of and one. Um, and during the ball up days, but like that was something like a lot of those guys are already in their thirties, you know what I mean? So like, it's hard to really, really be like, I'm going cause it, there was like a lot of those dudes, like a lot of those dudes could really, really, really hoop. Like R.I.P. Alamo, Alamo from New York, R.I.P. He died like a few years ago from diabetes. He was like in his late thirties when he died. That's insane. Yeah. Like, but like, that's, that's like the biggest thing that sticks to me is, like it just, you know, it's something where if you go to, I'm going to try and put into perspective the best I can watching them against local players, even mm-hmm. good local players. It was like going to, um, I went to a game a few years ago. It was the Philadelphia union mm-hmm. on the crystal palace, um, preseason tour. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace is not a good Premier League team. And they also don't bring their best players typically when they go on these tours. And again, preseason. This is the first time that they've played since the previous season. And the Union are in the middle of their season. They move differently. They like they just simply move differently. Yeah. The same thing when I got to see Liverpool and Man City play their preseason game at MetLife mm-hmm. after having interned at um, with the Union. And even seeing players who, you know, were kind of – no longer in Europe, like a Drogba or a Kaká, you know, that, you know, they, you could just tell even in their older age, like they were just a little bit different than the MLS players coming up. But you said it, you said it again, you cut out a little bit. Oh, saying they just moved a little bit differently. Like the the way they saw and played the game was at a different level. Um, It's it's a different. But when when I saw Man City and Liverpool in like their, maybe their third preseason game of that tour, it was just like, man, these, like it's a different speed. Like it's a totally different speed. Mm-hmm. You know, to watch the way their legs move. You know, they don't run; they just kind of glide. Like, mm-hmm. like they're like it's like watching a gazelle run. You know, where it's just like they just move in a way that's so fine tuned and so trained that it's just it, you know you can't help but be in awe of how they do it. It's the same thing of being up close to you know watch LeBron or. or um, you know, probably like an elite running back where you're just like, you don't move like a normal person is supposed to move. Yeah, yeah, it's that, there are definitely levels to the game. But when I look around the NBA and I see how there's a, a large lack of fundamental skills left in the NBA, like that AAU when come, impact. When it com- yeah, when it comes to like the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15th man on the roster, I can't look at like, this is no maybe this is my UNC coming out. I can't look at totally a guy like Grayson Allen and okay. believe that and believe that the professor couldn't have been Grayson Allen. Like, I just can't believe that. Like, maybe I from just, a size perspective, but I'm talking about from a game perspective. Yeah. Like if he if you went through the same system of Grayson Allen, like if he went to like a prep school and then he got a chance to go get pipeline from an AAU team to a Duke, and then he became this Duke guy who literally all he could do was shoot and kick people. And yeah. could, could you and, could you imagine if Fest was at Duke? Like doing what he does on a basketball court, how hated he would be. 
<laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> just disrespecting everyone as a Duke player. For sure. It would be amazing for me to boot, to hate him. Like, it would yeah. be amazing. It would hurt me to hate him, but I would. I would 100%. You'd like, find I would, a way. I would, find a way. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm just now starting to kind of sort of accept Jay Williams. Like, kind of sort of. And I and I love Jay Williams because he came back from that horrific motorcycle accident. It, like he, his interviews are amazing when he's talking about like his bounce back and what he had to do and how literally he didn't like his life was ruined by that by that motorcycle accident. And he was like, "Yeah, all I want to do is play for UNC, but they didn't recruit me, so I wanted to kill him every time I played for him." So I couldn't hate UNC for not recruiting him. I hated him for being good. I was like, "Nah, yep. man. <laughs> if, you, if you just were maybe if you were maybe better at in Jersey, we would have recruited you. Or maybe if you were a little worse, you would have been as good at Duke, and it would have been like." I'll, I'll make up all of these reasons why I can't get mad at UNC. I gotta get mad at everybody else around them. See, I have a guy like that that I'm I'm for, I've for years now tried to make myself come around on. I think we're about five years into this process where I'm trying to appreciate him more and more. Um, and today he just became a part owner of my baseball team. I'm still trying to like oh, LeBron, and I'm hoping this helps, but. It, it's before, like before we before we do that before we do that i love lebron i'm one of those lebron lovers i'm not a fan of lebron per se like but i love lebron i love who he is as a human being yes. i love what he's done mm-hmm. for for the sports i love what he's done for his crew i lo- i am a lebron guy i believe lebron was not even the best small forward until he finally won in cleveland then i put him over dr j I was like, all right, he's over Doc now. Like, you know, we're going to do it. See, that was, that was the moment when he was back in Cleveland and won that finals that I was like, okay, I need to make a concerted effort to appreciate him before he's gone type of thing. Yeah. And, and, and the I one can't. thing I have always made clear about him, I don't hate LeBron because I do love LeBron, the person, what he's done for communities, um, helping build local education. I think it's super commendable. Um I do also love rooting against him. And I recognize that a good piece of that is he's the best. And he was the guy that when, you know, I'm not, people like to talk about them like they were a dynasty. They were not, but that call it 08 to 12 aging Celtics team. Every year was running into LeBron. First few times we got the best of them. He goes to Miami. Then not so much the case. Um, and I definitely, you know, because we played him every year, it's like, yeah, I resent him the same way, you know, I truly hated like the 03, 04 Yankees, mm-hmm. apart from Bernie Williams. But um, yeah, LeBron was just like, I've, I've never been able to shake the fact that I want to root against him. And I think it's like, it's so deeply rooted in me that I'm like, you're corny. I'm about to, I'm about, <laughs> I'm about, to, I'm about to make you not be able to be a fan of him. LeBron, like, and he's and a Yankee. First, he's also a Yankee. That's what cowboy. I was going yeah, to like, say. He's a front runner. He's the front yeah, runner yeah. guy. Oh, no. That, no, that, that's where I'm most upset about this. Dude, he loves the Cowboys when the Browns are trash. And then he's like, yo, the Browns are popping. He mm-hmm. loves the Yankees until the one year the Indians went to the World Series. And he's like, yo, the Indians, we going to take it. Yeah. Lo- and, like, but, and it's like, he was even at, when he was with the Cavs, there's a picture. It's been on Twitter a lot today, given the news. Yeah. He's, as a Cavalier, he's from Akron. Like, which is for those that aren't geographically sound, it's a 15 minute drive from Cleveland, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's holding up a Yankee hat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that feels like that. I, in a way, looking at that picture today made me feel more disrespected as a Red Sox fan that that is someone that owns a share of my team than the fact they traded Mookie Betts away a year ago. Mm-hmm. They let a Yankee fan in. 
LeBron does everything he can for people to root against them without even trying. Like, you know how there are certain people who try to make you hate them? And then it's just Kobe. like, damn. <laughs> Kobe's a good yeah. one. Kobe's like, that snarl. That like, remember, remember the video? Of I, I think Brady's Brady got a little show? bit of that. Brady kind of plays the fence, I think, a little bit between. I like, think if Brady Kobe didn't have Gronk, we would hate him more. Like Gronk oh, kind sure. of changed the softness of Brady. We were like, all right, we can't hate both of them. Like we got the last couple of years, Brady's let it rip a little bit more. Like like bit, there yeah. was when they were about to go to Kansas. City. All right, no, no, we're not no, having it's a number Brady twelve. Conversation. It's we're not having a Brady 12. conversation now. You just don't need so number twelve. <laughs> he got the twelve. We got he got the twelve. But it's like LeBron is one of those dudes that like like he tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. Yeah, like come on, he's just man. corny. He's corny. He's very corny. Come on, man. He's more Tiger Woods than Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. And, and, and that's why. I, you know, I've, I've been able to like him a little bit more because of the Liverpool ownership. At least there was no other team. You know what I mean? Like, there was no other soccer team where he was like, I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm also a part owner in Liverpool. It's like, that doesn't play. So, it's like, he if he if he shows up wearing a Yankees hat anywhere – like I, that'll be unforgivable to me now. Like you gotta, if you're gonna be a part owner, you have to be a Red Sox fan. You're now man, a part of Fenway Sports Group. That man is, but not, he won't. He won't. No, I don't even think Derek Jeter likes the Marlins. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gave he gave the Yankees John Carlos Stanton after his MVP year for like a bag of potato chips. Dude, and they're not even good potato chips. He gave us like hers. He's like, yo, can I get the Lay's knob? Nah, yeah, hers popcorn. That would have been. Yeah, get the cheesy popcorn, we rolling. But nah, he got him for like the barbecue hers. Like nah. Yep. <laughs> but like that, but that's why it's like one of those things where I saw it, it's amazing, it's dope. In my heart, he probably owns a half a percentage, which sucks. But like that's probably all he could really muster. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear more because you know that he was won't reveal it. Apparently, apparently it's part of the deal where they won't come out and say that makes that makes sense. But the big thing that I think is the takeaway from it is he's not just investing in the Red Sox now. He's no, it's, in it's the, Fenway Sports Group. Owns, yeah. So now yeah. he's got Roush Fenway and NASCAR that he'll be a part of, who I don't know who they have as drivers lately. As a you know Fenway person, I should probably know. But I'm sure there's probably some changes, maybe an increase in his Liverpool stake. I think he gave his Liverpool stake up in order to buy into the group. Yeah, because I think he he was only – Because they own Liverpool. So that's why I'm thinking like there might be – Exactly. Uh, I think so. he gave up his, 20, his 2% that he had – to get into the to them so now he owns all of their catalog with them so he might okay. actually end up owning more parts of liverpool or he might own right less. That, that's what i'm now saying he has more yeah he has more entities though so it's like a mutual fund essentially mm -hmm. not not to get overly technical and i probably can't say too much as a licensed stockbroker anyway on a, on a recorded <laughs> session but it, it's, it's, it's a good it makes flip. sense it makes it's sense this flip man like it's yeah. dope like and, and also i think maverick is part of the deal too he is yeah, Maverick is part of the deal. Yeah, so that's dope, man. But I, I think that is also one of those things. I don't know how I feel about people who own things that they don't, they're not fans of. Like it just kind of it's it weird little, to me. It cheapens it for me a little bit, but it's. Business. I mean, I, I get, but I mean, I guess that's part of it with any, like apart from a Mark Cuban, or like the Davis family, or you know, like some of those family ownerships. Like, there's not. I feel like there's less owners than we think that are truly, like, like Robert Kraft is, you know bias again but, like but he was no, ride or die but i think we're looking at it different i think you and i are looking at it differently i'm looking okay. at it as not that you have to be a fan of the team that you own but you can't be actively rooting against the fan the team oh okay yeah that's yeah, different I, yeah yeah, yeah you know LeBron what i mean like, will do that 
that's different. Like, yeah, that's, LeBron you're a will Yankee fan, bro. Like, there's yeah. no way you could be like, I'm a, I love the Yankees and I don't hate the Red Sox. You I could offer me a free stake in the Yankees, and I would like, I mean, I would take it from a financial <laughs> level because how could you not? But it would hurt. Yeah, like it would, it would hurt me. Like I've always said, I think that's my one deal breaker with dating. I could never date a diehard Yankee fan. I could date a Laker <laughs> fan. I, Yankees, absolutely not. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, like, it, and to me, that's where my line is at. It's like, okay, even because Michael Jordan grew up in North Carolina, but he wasn't a Hornets fan. Like, come on now. Like, we're going right. to keep it real. He would, that's just what it is. But I don't you, think You know, if, if they were like, hey, would you like to switch your ownership from the Hornets to the Bulls? He would do it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And he probably moved the Bulls to Charlotte. Yeah. He'd be like, all right, we're going to switch this whole thing up. Yep, same franchise, still out. counts. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, that's the part where I get worried out about. Like, I get it. Like, these guys just have money, so they give it up, and they're like, whatever. Like, Ballmer probably never wanted the Clippers, but he's like, this right. franchise yeah. available, I'll take it. And, 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 hey, at the end of the day, it it is a good investment. It is a good investment. I you know, but is. I don't really know. I hope it is. Like, I hope I think it is. That- I, I think it will just with expanding TV contracts and the way that it's inflated over time. Um you know, like, I don't think it's ever going to inflate if you were to look at, like, when George Steinbrenner first bought the Yankees for, like, chump change. You know but what I mean? Like, I've, it's not going to be, like, that level. But, like, I do think over time, he'll when they get sold again, it, he'll get more than his capital back. See, that's the part that I was about to say. Like, I've also read way before this deal that if you own a sports franchise, it's usually just a money pit until you sell it. Oh, yeah, no. So yeah, like, yeah you're, you're losing money until you sell. That's yeah, but like but that's one of those things where I can't really say it like I know for a fact it's a good deal because if if he I don't even know how much let's say it's two hundred million dollars he bought into two hundred million dollars just to buy into now you got to think about the maintenance of said units that you are doing at the end of the day he might have bought it for two hundred he might get five hundred million on the sale he might have broken even over however many years it takes to sell so it's an optics thing more yeah. than anything for a lot of people like I don't I don't that's know true. if I don't know the last person outside of Jerry Jones who actually got exponentially more wealthy by owning a sports franchise than before they had money. Um, and there's probably one in, in Europe. I mean, rest in peace. I'm sure the owner of Leicester city got mm-hmm. a nice bump on his investment. Um, unfortunately he passed away, so that yeah. doesn't help, but um I don't know. Um, like the one I'm thinking again, because this is where my brain goes, but I'm thinking craft, but his is also like part of his investment was also like the facilities. Like, I don't know if you know his story of investing mm-hmm. in team. Yeah. I'm sure. yeah. He did but, the whole um, thing. He literally, he owned everything. Well, no, the problem is someone else owned the team first. And then he was like, all right, bet I'm going to buy everything else, mm-hmm. including yeah. the stadium. And then the other person was like, Oh, it is a huge money pit unless you own everything else. Yeah, he owns and so everything. he basically forced this guy out. Um, uh, let's see. I want to see how much he paid for the Patriots because that one feels like he's broken even. Just because, like, when he bought them, they were about to move, mm. but now they're a staple. Okay, um, at the time when he bought them. In January of 1994, okay. he paid $170 million, 172. Their current 
per Forbes, I'm hoping, is the 4.4 billion. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, so that's 17 years ago, right? 17 mm-hmm. years ago. 27. Then, 27. Sorry, it's 27 years ago. And in the NFL, the 90s wasn't the boom or bust period. So he probably was hemorrhaging money all through the 90s. 2000s come, new new deals, things starting to explode, the cap goes up, all of that kind of stuff. The thing is, like, even he couldn't have foreseen what happened with that particular franchise. Exactly. Like, it, like no. nothing maybe ever in sports has worked out that perfectly. And, and the thing about evaluation is, it's not about literally what the franchise is really worth. It's what they think somebody's going to pay for the franchise. And usually so what you what they get is above the valuation, just because open market capitalism. I don't think in the, in the NFL, though. I don't think in the NFL, that's the truth. No? I, think they, I think in the NFL, it's like, right? I don't know. Well, 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 but that, wasn't there some... There was shit with that, right? What the dude was racist, but right. So it's like, but I feel isn't, like, man. Come on, <laughs> they're old white dude. <laughs> Come on, we are gonna act like we are gonna act like Kraft didn't try to give me some love me a long time, and we just forgot about it in okay. the years. Like, allegedly, ah. allegedly. I don't think it was alleged. It was a settlement. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like at that point you're like, I listen, man. I ain't. That, that was a tough one. He's like, what we need to do. <laughs> it, it wasn't the toughest optics that he's had though as an owner i think hernandez is still way worse <laughs> but you know but that also shows that like people don't hate the patriots as much as we pretend to you know i think people like to pretend to hate the patriots more than we really do because any other franchise it's a social media thing that would have been a death blow they they also handled it as well as you can given the circumstances whereas like they didn't wait for uh, a charge they said it's being investigated you're cut which I think has been their saving grace looking back on it. Cause like they didn't do any of the, the bullshit. Like we stand with Aaron and, and you know, no, 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 no. but you, but you got to remember this though. Got to remember this part though. It's the accumulation of everything would have been mm-hmm. a death blow because like that was like, Oh, now we got something else. Like it was like, I mean, was, it is still that every time. It's but, still that every but, time. But we don't but, really, but we don't really follow through with the hate. You know what I'm it, saying? It, like, it is weird that like Deflate Gate gets more airtime than the fact that. Ah, uh-huh, see what you did there. Airtime Deflate Gate. Oh, I didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> that, that's that's the second big miss that I've had in the last week in a conversation oh, with you. That's insane. That's insane. Like I'm, I'm like, still waiting on. on that, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get. You know, we don't need to discuss the uh, the Pats anymore. Uh, I'm I'm a save it, but I'm excited after the last couple of days. That's all I'll say. Nah, that nah, it's dope, man. Big like spenders like never before. Y'all are higher spending money like a rapper when he gets his advance. I can dig yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it makes sense. It was just like everything went against us on the cap last year. All the opt outs, everything, everything, and then this year it's like, and I think they're all smart deals. Like you get, I think everyone that has money now should be spending big. Because next year that cap is going to jump back up again. You'd have to assume. I don't know. You don't think? Because and the reason why I don't know is because I don't think the NFL is going to be less popular. I just think that every state is doing something completely different with COVID, so it's hard to really be like there's going to be that gate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that, if, that's if, fair. It, if the NFL, I mean, hey, in like Texas bubble, we're chilling. Texas Rangers opening day, hundred percent capacity, baby. <laughs> in fucking insane. I think that um. <laughs> I, I do think that, like, if the NFL played in a bubble between four states, they were like, you're going to go Texas, we're going to go Florida, Louisiana. Louisiana, and then we'll throw a curveball in there of, like, yeah, we're Nashville. Going to Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Just straight up Tennessee yeah. and be like, because all, all good weather, 
Yeah. And you get a chance to literally just go up and down that whole state and give money back to that economy. And you're going to be able to get gate kind of how the Raptors are doing in Tallahassee, right? Maybe. I think they're playing as Tallahassee and weird, but, but like, oh, that's the Raptors? Those... No, they are they in Tallahassee? They were trying they're, they're to go to Tampa. They're I think they were Tampa. trying to go to Tampa because I remember making a joke that is like, okay, now they're going to win the title because of the, <laughs> the Brady effect. If you, if I, we've talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. That if you go through his entire life story, mm-hmm. just wherever he is wins. Um, yeah, where are they playing? I mean, I haven't watched a Raptors game in. <laughs> It's not the Celtics I'm not watching usually. And even then, I'm probably not watching. Uh, where are they playing? Amali Arena. No, Tampa. What is it, Amali? Tampa. Is it Tampa? Oh, I, I guess that's where the Lightning play. Didn't know the name of it. But, yeah, they're in Tampa. Okay. Yeah, so, like, it's if they did that, then I would think the cap is guaranteed to jump back up to where it was supposed to be even this year. But it's just hard with the gate, man. Like, I really don't know. Like, I don't know how Colorado's going to be like, yeah, the Broncos can have this. Like, Colorado's one of those weird states where, like, they're so liberal that, like, they might just be like, we're waiting this whole thing out until – like, the weekend performed the Super Bowl, he put on tickets right after the Super Bowl for 2022. Yeah. And, like, everybody else is like, yeah, we're performing this year. And he's like, mm-hmm. And he's from Canada. He's not even yeah. American. He's like, ah, we're going to wait this one out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the I'm, – I'm curious to see what happens in Mass. I think they have, like, a week before they start bringing some fans back, so – Fingers crossed, because I'm trying to hit Fenway this summer. I mm. I need to get back to basically my happy place. Mm. And it is I, definitely I don't want to harp on this at all. I don't want to harp yeah. on it. I'm going to say what I need to say. You can definitely return, and we're going to move on. So I saw I, through through a lot of personal introspection, because I'm, I'm highly worried about my, my pre-existing conditions, I signed mm-hmm. up for the vaccine, got an email like a couple of days later, um, which, which was yesterday. In the morning, it was like, we're sending you an email for an appointment. Got an email at 8.03 p.m., opened it up around 8.15 p.m., no appointments available, a.k.a. people were sending out the links to multiple people. Yep. Um, I didn't get a chance to do what I need to do, even though I paid taxes in this in the best city in America, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And now I'm sitting here like, huh, okay. So when if they – and there's also no information on what happens if there's no appointments. Like, there's zero information on it based upon the things that they send. Um, so all I can do is like, oh, well, hopefully they'll actually send another link for me since I didn't go to the one that they sent or do I have to sign up for another thing? And part of me is like, okay, I pay taxes in this area, which means I pay more taxes than most people who aren't in the Philadelphia region who are in this area, um, or in Pennsylvania and the spots that I'm supposed to get are being taken up by people who more than likely don't look like me or inhabit the communities that I inhabit. So instead of me... (laughs) going crazy i'm looking at it like okay this is this is going to be something i just have to swallow and take it because i'm still on the fence anyway about what it's going to do to me but that's where i'm at with the vaccine talking about going to places and seeing things just wanted to put that out there off yeah it's, it's it's wild yeah. so when i was when i was home a couple weeks ago now um i was home right about the time that massachusetts said so my dad is <clears throat> 71 um and so for a while it was 75 and up it that's it about the time i went home they opened it up for 65 and up Mm -hmm. what they didn't account for was one the fact that 65 year olds are way more tech savvy than 75 so every day the website that they were making would crash every day and the other thing is like you were saying people were sending it to other people um, to help 
with them, you know, like still helping for this one singular individual, but they're on like five different devices mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like, I, I know a family friend of ours got one because uh, her son, a friend of mine, he was on there for about four hours just trying to get a vaccine just for her and get an appointment. And she got one like an hour away. Like my aunt, who, you know, who lives on Cape Cod, mm-hmm. she had to drive to Gillette to get her vaccine. Like that's tell the people how far that is. Um, probably from where she is, say an hour and a half. Yeah. That's not cool. Maybe. Yeah. Zero actually percent. an hour and a half. Exactly. When I type it in. Zero uh, yeah. Very much. Not cool. I think my dad got his first one like an hour away. And it's like the, the thing we need to remember, Massachusetts is not that big people. Mm hmm. <laughs> like you have to work to find somewhere that is that far of a drive. Like you genuinely have to work for it. You gotta um, try. Yeah. <laughs> you really gotta try. Because <laughs> you can't go north south because you're gonna be in a different state. Yeah. yeah. So I walked around the entire unless you're on the Cape. Unless you're on the Cape. I then walked it's like 40 the entire city of Boston in two hours. <laughs> and I don't walk that fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's an extremely walkable city. But yeah, no, so I, I'm I'm optimistic. You know, that's something I'm trying to look into trying to do while I'm here in Texas because I feel like there's going to be a little less demand for vaccines in <laughs> Texas versus other states. So we'll see. Actually, you know, it's weird. Like, I actually think that because Texas is so so big. big yeah. And you got cities like Austin, who was like a pretty liberal city, if I'm not mistaken. That like That's three and a half hours away. But you just said your aunt traveled an hour and a half in a state that ain't that big. So that's, I think that's people, true. I think people may travel. I think yeah, that's we'll see. Be with it. I feel like there's got to be something in Dallas or Fort Worth. But yeah, I, I, have, I have to look into it more just to even see what my options are. Um, one thing I did want to touch on, no transition here at all. Are you excited for uh, Friday? Falcon of the Winter Soldier? I'm not excited about it. I'm, I'm like, I'm happy about it. Like, I, I actually really like both of those characters more than I, probably most people like both of those characters. But I'm, uh, I hope, I hope that all of the, the new Marvel shows aren't just goofy. Like, I, it's like, I never wanted, I never cared about WandaVision, but I watched the whole thing after the fact. Like, I, I got into it when they were like in week seven of eight or like. That's about eight. where I was. I, th- I think I got in like week five five week six maybe yeah because i was like i don't really want to see but i'm going to watch it because like why not mm-hmm. and it was to me it was like a seven out of ten which is solid you know but like first two episodes i didn't need at all and then it was goofy like it, it had a it, had, it tried to be semi-dark while still being goofy and mm-hmm. that didn't really work for me and i feel like with these two characters kind of buddy cop buddy cop but like buddy cops who don't really who've never really had chemistry. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we can bring the chemistry they had in the movies to this show. Like, they weren't on the same wavelength at all, even though they both had the same character in common in Captain America. Yeah, no, and I think that that'll be what's interesting. So from what I read, um, it the, the stem on this, which makes sense, um, like kind of what first made this an idea in Marvel's mind was the airport scene in Civil War. Captain mm-hmm. America Civil War. Civil War top three Marvel movie in my personal opinion of that universe. Uh I think I would definitely put it there. Um because we're talking sure. about 25 movies, I think it's top three. I yeah, I, I I'm trying to think what else would be in my top three, but we can get that. Are you including Avengers movies in there as well? Yeah, yep, okay. yep. Including Avenger movies. Okay. That that, that could one, be a, that one of those Avenger discussion. movies, and we don't have to name it Kana Boo Boo. 
but you know, we can keep moving. But I have a good memory watching that because I watched it in Alabama the first time. Ah, uh, I'll watch Peace Perfect too. <laughs> that, that, that was a better selection. That was a better selection. <laughs> having With seen all the both, women on was, the trip, having seen both, that was a better choice. Oh, for sure. I already saw Avengers too. I was like, "Oh, y'all gonna watch Avengers? Have fun." I'm gonna watch Pitch Perfect too because you know Pitch Perfect is dope. <laughs> it is. Yeah, shout out to the Packers and Pitch Perfect too as well. Dude, shout out to the guy who gave us our tickets and judged me for going in. I was like, "You don't see I'm surrounded by women. You're making the wrong decision." <laughs> <laughs> but. But, um, yeah, so the, the airport scene in Civil War where they kind of really had their first, mm-hmm. like, back and forth, and then Tom Holland comes in as Spider-Man um, in there. I was On kinda, the ruse? Yeah. Basically, sounded like, from what I read, that was the Marvel point of, like, oh, we could maybe turn this into something. Like, I like to see more of that Bucky and Sam dynamic because they're both mm-hmm. kind of sarcastic in that scene and, you know, joking with each other and shitting on each other. Um, and I do think there's going to be a lot of that. Um, I- I'm excited for it, probably more so than I should be. I think the other thing that got this greenlit was, I don't know if, how much you've watched, but like they always put those two together on press tours. Mm. And they were uh, hysterical together as people, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a big thing is fans really – got to love the two of them as actors and their dynamic together versus just the characters. Um, because I do think there's a certain element. I, I, you know, watched Anthony Mackie on hot ones kind same, of same here, same talk here. about this. You know, it was a quote that he had had about being the alternate character versus the main character, mm-hmm. you know, and they both kind of had the benefit of, you know, Chris Evans was the lead and they were able to be whatever it needed to be comedic or dramatic effect kind of bounce off of more depth in the character than than, than right because he's supposed to be the hero and he's supposed to be the goody goody right exactly and captain america as a character is some would argue relatively boring because he's so straight edge you know i think there's more to it than that but like i can see why that argument be made so like they kind of had the benefit of they didn't have to carry something so i'm curious to see what they can do Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm worried though that like one of my biggest worries about this show, and I'm going to watch it from the first episode on. Like, I don't, I'm not going to catch up to it like I did with WandaVision. I yeah, we'll, to watch we can, we can do a weekly recap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm down for that. I, I think that one of the things that I'm really worried about is that those two guys are going to crush it and it's going to look amazing. Yep. And, and they're going to write it as well as they possibly can. And it's still only going to be so so because it's just one of those things where. Like, if you told me, if you were like, hey, listen, pick two characters, even just from Captain America to do a show together, I wouldn't have been like, I need those two to do it together. I just wouldn't have. Who would you have picked? Probably anybody else with one of those other characters. Because, like, to me, those characters are, they are the most... They're the most deserving of a show. They are the, the, the second level of star in the Captain America series. I think they but, have uh, Emily Van Camp back too, right? I don't know. I haven't As seen Sharon her. Carter, I think. I haven't seen her. She hasn't been in any of the uh, trailers that I've seen, I don't think. Neither have I. That's why I like, I'm not I, I'm trying, I to read, sworn. I'm trying not to read the credits too much so that I don't get some, like, oh, episode six. Like, I want to just see, so from the trailers, I haven't seen her. So I'm going to, I'm going to hope that she's in it, and, and but assume that she may not be. 
I, I feel like there's been a lot of talk that she is. I, maybe, I don't know. I, I could be totally off there. But I'm hopeful that – because, I mean, like, that's just another one where it at least gives a little bit more continuation, which I think is what would but really that be brings, helpful. But that brings that. me to my second worry is that I don't want a show about Captain America's side characters. Like, I don't want – like, I really don't want – Captain America, like you said, for a lot of people is already boring. So you take Captain America out of it and you don't bestow upon the new Captain America, the new Captain Americanist. So what are we really doing here? Like, how can we sustain? Unless this show is going to be only like seven episodes, then it's like, okay, we can do this. But like eight, nine, ten episodes minimum of like two guys who are side characters of the guy who isn't in the show, that can get a little bit dicey. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things where we already know the backstory for both of them. So I don't want you to retell that. There's going to be six episodes. Okay, then there might be perfect amount. See how I was like six, seven episodes, but anything more than that ain't going to work. Uh, so, but also in that article, it does say that uh, Sharon Carter will be back. Okay, so, so this may be a series about the side characters of Captain America, which is, you know what I mean? Six episodes seem just about right. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how often they try to call back to Captain America without Captain America possibly being in it. And I'm not surprised if the sixth episode, he's in the end credits. He will not be. And I can tell you why is I did see the name of the first episode. Um, I mean, don't tell me what the name is. I'm you don't want to hear it? Okay. I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised. Okay. You know? But yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting because like you said, six episodes seems good, especially when more so than WandaVision, this is a continuation. Mm-hmm. You have Sharon Carter back. You have um, Zemo, the villain from Civil War, back. Um, you know who who kind of even in that film was a side story to the o- overwhelming like Avengers versus Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know Civil War. Um, you know, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they continue on that. You know, I think it's they have a tougher task than WandaVision does in having to carry on from one of the core Avengers and one of the core pillars of the MCU. He is the first Avengers in the The title. first Avenger, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like carrying on from a Avenger. He is the Avenger. Yeah. And and that's and that's one of those things, man. I, like, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I mean, they haven't missed yet. Like, I'm not going to say they haven't hit out the park with everything, but they haven't missed. So I don't doubt that the show is going to be fine. But I don't. I don't know how much I want to watch watch this okay TV like that just just to watch like how how much like will it be rewatchable? Exactly, I don't ever need to see WandaVision again. Right, that's kind of where I was going with that. Is I enjoyed it; it was great. It introduced uh, and developed a couple new and old characters. Um, Will I need to rewatch it? No, I remember the the primary plot points. I'll, I'll go watch another one of the movies again before I go back and watch that. Yeah, and for other people, they probably thought it was some of the greatest things ever. It's like, cool, sure. like that's your that's your opinion. But yeah, I'm at that point where with, with any of this stuff, it's like, I don't need to watch something just to watch it. Like, we're not in the house as much as we were during quarantine. So it's like one of those things where you're not going to have me there because I have to be here. Like, it's <laughs> going to be like one of those things where I'm like, I've dealt with this for over a year. I'm just going to go on a hike. Like, I right. like, like, like I'm not so bored that I'm going to watch it like three times and actually try and get every little detail right. Dude, I was re-listening to and watching podcasts that I saw that was over an hour multiple times just to do it. I was like, all right, let me see if there's something I missed there. I'm like, this, I missed nothing. 
Oh. Yeah, I quoted in the first listen. Yep, yep. I heard everything Charlemagne said. Uh, <laughs> we got on the first go. I heard how great Brandon Shop special was. Like it's crazy. <laughs> Man, poor Brandon Shop. Also, he's very much not poor, so not poor Brandon Shop. Oh, the dude, like it's like I, I want to feel bad for Shop, and then I realize he's probably making so much more money than most of these comedians yeah. who are actually. He doesn't give too well. I would I would say he doesn't care. I think right, he cares. Right. See, that's what I was gonna say. I was about yeah. to say he doesn't care about the criticism, but then half of those comments were like, he, they keep deleting my comment. <laughs> and they, they, they offer they offer like ten percent off his CBD brand if they left a good comment. I'm pretty sure that's almost illegal. See, do we think that the, the numbers changed at all? It probably so went a, down. I, IMDb is uh, a one point nine out of ten. <laughs> You know, it's you know what the saddest part is. They actually break down uh, one through ten, what the percentages are that voted there. Um, nine through three are about one percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let, let me tell you what what the most concerning thing is, and why I think it's actually below one point nine out of ten. Three point seven gave it a two out of ten. Nine percent of people said it was a ten. That feels like it's just Brendan Shop. <laughs> That's the CBD brand. I was like, yeah, right. CBD. Yeah. 79% said a one. 23.50 voted one out of 29.85. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've been to college, and in college, there's something called the curve. You can't curve that. That shit is done. It's like you. That's, that's what I'm saying. You can't curve that. It is what it is. Oh, man. Still at 7%. Tough. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. still getting I, new stuff. Uh, uh, last few uh, <laughs> from January twenty first. People are still like, I'm coming back to this. <laughs> but those one, that's one of those things where if I've never been a one point nine out of ten for anything in my life, and I'm not being cocky at all. Like I'm not. In, I've never been a one point nine out of ten for nothing. I have no. exes who literally hate me, hate my guts. They wouldn't tell you I was a 1.9 boyfriend. They're not going to be like, yeah, he was only a 1.9. They'll at least give me a 2. 1.9 is just so disrespectful. That <laughs> is insanely disrespectful. Like, it's not even like, it's hilarious, but it's also so bad that it's not even funny. Like, it's like one of those things where you're like, yo, who's been this mean, yo? Like, it's like, like, you know when you're at the lunch table and everybody's talking shit, and then somebody says something about somebody's dead mother, you're like, yo, dog, his mom died. And then that person's like, so, and you all start bombing on him. That's what this feels like. It's like, we yeah. get it as bad, but why you keep on doing this? <laughs> Man, that's dog. That so I'm, many reviews. Have you, have you watched it yet? I, I just can't make myself do it. It's been in an open tab literally since we discussed it months ago. <laughs> and every time I click on it and I just am like, I can do something better with this hour. Dog, I It's so great bad. motivation. I'm like, I can do something more productive with this hour. Dog, it is really bad like i'm not even joking when i say it's really bad like it is one of the worst one of the worst things i've ever watched like not even and i've watched people die <laughs> like it's like it's like one of those things where i'm like 
and I like Shab as a person. Like I actually like yeah. him. I think that I think that he's probably not that great of a comic, but he's only been doing it for a handful of years. And you guys take time. I think that he repeats everything from people who is either funnier or smarter than him when he's on podcasts. He goes with the group thing, but he gives he loves his people. He gives a lot of opportunities for people. He's swaggy. He loves his family. Like I respect the man that mm-hmm. he is. I may not respect his talent, but he has a talent for making money, and that's a talent that we all need. Yeah. Um, yeah, just reading through some of these, the comedy industry should consider getting a restraining order against. (laughs) (laughs) Dog, how is it that the comments are funnier than than the actual special? I think that's what's kind of funny. Maybe maybe that's part of why people keep coming back to leave more comments. Dog, you got to watch it. You just got to watch it one day. You got to buy, you got to put, buy a mouthpiece, put it in, bite down. I feel like I'm going to be like this guy. It was terrible. Five minutes in and I realized I had made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Had to go outside and smoke to blow off some steam. (laughs) Was that not my comment? Was that, did I say Uh, That that was uh, Michael. That was Michael. That's my alter ego. That's my burner. Well, I think this one's Daniel C. So probably Daniel Cormier. (laughs) That was hard to watch. Couldn't finish. I wonder how much this guy pays comedians to do podcasts with him. Dude, See, that, that's what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to need to like sit outside, have fresh air, like smoke a <laughs> cigar, like something else to keep my mind doing something else while I watch this. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do it. Dude, I'm telling you, I watched it and like it was it was hard to get through. Like it was it was so bad. Like I can't I can't explain it to you until you actually watch it not try to watch it. You literally got to just sit there and just bite. That's what I said. Bob mouthpiece, bite down. Gonna, on it's it going to have to be a bite down. Yeah. Bite down but, like just it's accept out. that hour i will never get back in my life dude at one point in it i was started i started hysterically laughing because at some point i was like i gotta laugh at something so i started making stuff up in my head that it wasn't even happening and i realized <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally so bad you, it's so bad you start hallucinating I, was my couch, like, I, think, I think the special is literally drove me over the line of crazy to insane like i'm up there <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck am i laughing at there's nothing happening right now <laughs> By the way, I saw. Oh my god, this was so funny! It, it was. I saw it just on social media being shared, and this this comedian gave. I don't know who he was. He gave someone in the crowd, uh, like a button. He's like, okay, this sets off a confetti cannon. Mm-hmm. You know, pick a point in the show that you think is most appropriate. Impressing things up, and he waits until the comedian is like, you know, recently, and he's like getting choked up saying it. He's like, you know, recently my family's been really getting close. Uh, my mom just passed away. It's like. And that was probably funnier than Brennan Schaub's whole special was some random dude that paid money to go to a comedy show. Dude, that's 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 100% <laughs> way funnier than me. Dude, I, if my memory serves me right, he starts it off by saying, let's get this out the way. Uh, I dress like a douchebag. Um, and it was just like... Huh? Yeah, that sounds like a very Brennan Schaub thing to say. I think dude. that's the part I did see, actually. Uh, that's, that's like the first seconds. Yeah, no, that. I think that's about all I saw. Dude, mm. <laughs> Oh, it was bad. It, and then... One of the things that makes it harder to watch is that he's lying so much throughout it. And this lying is fine. Someone said that. Lying is fine, dude. Like lying is fine if we don't know you. You do 17 podcasts a week. We know you. He like at some point he was like, yeah, you know, I quit UFC because when I was a kid, when I was in like 1992, my dad sat me down and showed me the first UFC and was like, this is what I want you to do. And then they were looked at the UFC and it's like, UFC didn't come around until like 94. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was like Googleable facts. And then yeah. he was like, yeah, you know, I quit UFC because I always had a dream of being a comic. And he was like, no, Joe Rogan told you to quit UFC. Yeah, yeah, no. And Brent, yeah, Brian Callen and Joe Rogan gave you a chance. He said, That's why you he, quit. 
Dude, part of the special, he's literally saying, he's like, yeah, I was in a cab with, with Brian Collin from the last UFC event. We devised this plan of me being a stand-up comic, and this is something I always wanted to do, so I figured there's more money in podcasting and being a stand-up comic than fighting in the UFC. Completely never, 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 never throughout the whole special mentions Joe Rogan in that episode. Like, ever. In the so podcast, what's the, what's the name of the special? What's the name of the special? You'd be surprised. <laughs> and where did that come from? Like, like you could argue that is the intellectual property of the Joe Rogan experience. He never mentioned him to my, if my memory serves me correctly, because I only watched it once and it was a jarring I'm experience. I'm sure you blocked a lot of that out. <laughs> Dude, that was hard. He probably spent like the last 15 minutes just thinking Joe Rogan and you I, were just out of it by that point. I don't even have Showtime anymore. I got rid of Showtime. I was like, I don't need this channel. I was like, what am I, what am I holding on to Showtime for? You should just start logging into Rotten Tomatoes on all of these, just saying all this. I got rid of my Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted this on my homepage again. Oh my gosh, it's it's like, and I'm a Dangerous comedy connoisseur. Like, yeah, I love comedy. Like it's just one of those things. And and I bang, I like Brendan Shop. Like I'm one of the few people who doesn't hate on the dude. But that shit was rough. Spe- speaking of being a comedy fan, what have you thought um, from what you've seen, if any, about Bill Burr this week? This week, like as of like literally this week, it's only Tuesday. What happened this week? Um, so so he was at the Grammys announcing the best like Latin or like Spanish album mm-hmm. or something. I watched the Grammys, okay. And he was like, "I'm gonna butcher names. I'm sorry, whatever." And basically, people were like, "He's racist." <laughs> to which everyone's first response was like, "One, no." because there's no evidence to back that up too. Like not to be the, like, I have a black friend person. His wife is black. And he's Bill Burr. Right. And this guy, hold on. I got to find this. Um, This guy tweets out like, this was like, I don't even know how your brain thinks this. Um, Where is it? Um, They said, I got too many texts in the last day, apparently. Um, He essentially said, while I'm not suggesting that Bill Burr is a racist, a white man having a non-white wife can can sometimes be a sign of racism. So you shouldn't assume someone isn't racist just because they own a minority sex servant. They may very well have one because they're racist. Wait, are we talking about Bill Burr or Thomas Jefferson? That was another tweet I saw. I was like, wait till we find out about Thomas Jefferson. I was like, okay, so now you're... Pairing his wife to an actual slave. <laughs> and I, I do like that. La- the first one I shared, his wife quote tweets that and she goes, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Love it. That's like, and, and that's like where like Gary Owen, his wife was tweeting when yeah. he was beefing with all these comics, she would tweet out, fuck you, nigga. And he was like, my wife said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, who, who's the next person we're going to call racist? Dirk? Dude, dude, it's, it's, I think. I was like, it's so crazy to let your brain go there first that like he only has a black wife because he hates her almost. It's like, that seems so backwards. It's like, you're the racist one in this particular discourse. How about we look at the Grammys? That's the only reason. How about we look at the Grammys and be like, we, we had one of the most not give a fuck comics of his lifetime, of our lifetime, 
do a category which he one probably has never even heard any of his music let alone has an accent from a part of the country that is known to not pronounce things correctly yeah hey, can you do this one yeah it was a weird and, and he, weird place he said it he was like i'm gonna fuck this up i just want yeah. y'all to know this this is not gonna go up that, that's what i didn't get it was a really like you know I, I talked to someone today and they're like oh i think they were trying to trap him and i was like i don't i feel like the grammys wouldn't be trying to trap him i wouldn't be surprised though because it's, it's, a, it's it, it is one. so it's so weird to put him in that situation though that you're like why else would you have done you, that you know why i wouldn't be surprised conspiracy alert we need that we need a noise whenever there's a conspiracy coming up in the podcast but okay. conspiracy alert I wouldn't be surprised if the people who who run the Grammys on CBS are friends with the people on NBC who does Saturday Night Live, and they probably were like, "Look at what he did on Saturday Night Live, and we gotta we gotta show him some type of lesson, so let's set him up." Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, all of these people know each other. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that, that's an option. I, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate yeah, that. And, and, and the fact that Bill I think you'd be surprised probably, though. Huh? No, I was just throwing a you'd be surprised in there just because we haven't talked about it. <laughs> you know, uh, Bill Burr was once in a taxi cab with. Ivan McGovern. He was like, you know, I really want to do this comedy thing. What do you think about it? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to take too much credit, but yeah, he owes me his entire career. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think as a, I actually told this to my mentor, I was like, <clears throat> and this is going to be highly controversial, but fuck him. I told my mentor this, I was like, you know, the reason the world is the way it is, where people are quote unquote canceling people or people are look, not using context or people are literally saying that people are some of the worst beings known to man is because we got rid of bullying. And she was like, what? And I was like, think about this. When we were growing up, you had to prove why you said or you did certain things mm-hmm. or somebody's going to fuck you up. Period, point blank. Yeah, I'm you got to be able to bullying. stand up to your words. You got to stand up to your word, your beliefs, and what you say about somebody else. Yep. You got to stand up to it. Now everybody's pussyfooting around like, yeah, you know, we can't we can't really say anything to them because they're going to say this. Oh, then they're going to let this run rampant then, and which means you don't have to have proof. You don't have to have actual evidence. You don't have to have anything that says that is fact. Only thing you need is your opinion, and your opinion becomes a fact. And that is literally not the definition of a fact. Yeah. And we just let it ride. Like, and, and the same thing with, with a lot of the stuff that we go, that goes on today. Like we literally, when we got rid of people, when we said we can no longer play dodgeball because it was too aggressive. That, we that got was rid my of high any, school. That was my high school. Any aggression towards a differing opinion. And I we, think that in part high of school, the, I remember the big one was at basketball games. Like, you know, and I think did St. Joe's, no, St. Joe's, didn't never say anything about this. I don't know why I thought that for a second, but in high school, like, you know, when the student section turns your back, when the other teams get announced, you say sucks after everyone, they wouldn't let us do that. My high school wouldn't let us do that. No, you got to deal with some adversity. You got to deal with something because if you don't, you're going to end up living life in this fantasy world. That's not reality. And as soon as somebody gives you a backslap of reality, you will not know how to deal with it, which I think causes bad mental health, which I think causes some of these suicidal tendencies, which I think causes people to, to actually actively fight against somebody else's identity because they don't know how to deal with it. Like mm-hmm. you can't look me in my eyes and say that if we allow a certain level of regret, I'm not saying kids should be getting bludgeoned in school. I'm not saying people should be getting their head put in a toilet all the time. No, but you got to deal with some type of adversity as it relates to who you are as a person in order to know how yeah, to talk shit, it. get pushed into a locker. You like, dig? Like, stuff. that's just kind of what it is. Or most, Ivan, I'm, I'm 30. I'm 30. I'm arguing that anybody 24 years old and under don't know what it means to see me at three o'clock. 
That I, I think that math would be about right. Dog, see like, me I at know what that o'clock? means. I, I don't know that my brother would. See me at three o'clock makes you evaluate everything you did that day. Like, damn, how did I end up here? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you get to get the TV freeze frame. I'll bet you're wondering how I ended up in this. <laughs> As am I. You yeah. know, like, in, in that, like, like, that like was, meet, meet me at three o'clock has very, like, everybody hates Chris vibes. Oh, for sure. And, but it also made you realize you had, you had three options. You could try to negotiate your way out of it, which means you had to actually talk to somebody, which we don't do anymore. Yep. You had to show up at three o'clock and just do what and you can be do. about it. Yeah. And hopefully it works out or you could try to run away and then and either you're going to get caught most- or you're going to have a reputation that you didn't live up to what you're supposed to do. Yeah. No. Yeah. People need to have that a little more of an honor code the, the, versus the keyboard warrior uh, mentality of today. Yeah, these thumb thugs don't know what it is to be meeting at three o'clock, man. We, we, be a thumb you know, thug, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect a guy that we both love. Trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Like that's the that's a real thing in, in yeah. today's society. Yeah. Like people aren't about it about the actual action anymore. Listen, people like people, to, people, to listen to Marshawn Lynch. That's the way to live. I'm about that action, boss. About that action, boss. Listen, people would people are people think it's okay for you to threaten my life on social media than for me to punch you in your shit when I see you. People get more mad if I Ivan, if, if you if I had if I had social media and you was like, yeah, when I see Maurice, I'm gonna kill him. If you said that, like people say this stuff on, on, on social media all the yeah. time. When I see Maurice, I'm gonna kill him. And then I happen to see you and I punch you in your shit, and then everybody on social media be like, why? Why would he do that? How could yeah, he put it, his hands it, it, on him? It's kind of crazy that physical violence is like classed above. Like, okay, to, to clarify, not not like severe physical violence. Yeah, no, I'm not trying like to say I, I strangled you. Yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, a punch like should not be at the same class of like mental, you know, an emotional tormentation. No, not at all. Especially when you threaten my life, right. like that. People, we don't. I, I think that as a people, because we we got rid of aggression. 24 years and under don't understand what real aggression is that we don't even understand what a threat is. So we don't understand the value of life as it pertains to a threat. Where I come from, a threat isn't just a threat. That's an action that's going to happen. So you got to do everything in your power in order to get to that next day. People think that you can just threaten whomever, whenever, however you want to. And there is no no, repercussion, no repercussions in America. You can say whatever you want. That is a fact. You know what else you got to do in America? Deal with whatever you say. You can't just have it one way. You can't say I'm going to threaten somebody and then it's going to be good. Uh Uh-uh. It's not how we roll in this world. Cause and effect. Uh Yeah. It's the same thing. Like people, people think freedom ain't free people. I want Mm -hmm. you to know. Sometimes you got to pay with your ass. No rape. You know, like it's got to be. Go to jail. Maybe. Allegedly. You might have to, but I think that people don't know. I mean, that's kind of the negotiating aspect sometimes. Uh, you got to know how far you're willing to take it. Yeah. You got to know how far. And, and, and Quite I think, literally sometimes. You dig? And I think that if you're going to be on social media talking like you about that action, you should also get jail time because those are threats. Those mm-hmm. are legitimate. If, 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 a, if, a, if a thumb thug tweeted me that when he sees me, he's going to shoot me. And then I fuck him up, and then the cops come. I, cool, call the cops. I'll stand right here. Like, what happened? He threatened my life. I felt that I had to do something. Self defense, man. Like, this was going on. They're like, what do you mean? I never did anything to you. I'm like, oh, look at his thumb thug tweets. <laughs> that, yeah, was- that's where they'd be really fucked too. Is like, if if you were to have knocked someone out cold, and you're like, all right, I'll wait for the cops, mm-hmm. and then it's just your word against theirs. You have receipts now. Like that should Carfax, absolutely maybe. be a jailable. Got those Carfax. That's what it has to be. And 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 then it works on the flip side too, where 
you saying something to the public becomes a fact. Like an mm -hmm. allegation becomes a fact as opposed yeah. to it being just an allegation. Yeah, because public perception dominates. Yeah, we don't know how to deal with aggression. We don't know how to deal with torment. We don't know how to deal with strife. It all becomes this bullying aspect. It all becomes this, you have to automatically believe what somebody says negatively about that person because that person's a victim. But that person is making me a victim too. We gotta see both sides of the coin. We can't mm -hmm. just be so, so blocked off and have blinders on like, just because a person may be a minority that they say something and it automatically is true or a person is empowered. So they automatically say something. So that, that automatically makes it true. We got to get past that. We got to use complexity, but we are so simple of a society where you were mean. I am nice. You can't do what you want to do. And as soon as we became that, my hands went up like, listen, leave me alone. Leave me. I come from a different class cloth of person. Leave me alone. I'm not cool with you threatening me on social media. I'm not cool with you talking smack. I'm not cool with you saying whatever you want to say about the people I care about and love and me just swallowing and keep it moving. Because when I see you, when I see you, because I'm going to see you, it's going to be we're a meeting at three. We're meeting at three o'clock, baby. And I'm not a tough pole. guy. I'm not a gangster. I'm not a goon, but I'm still a man. Yeah, three o'clock at the flagpole. You dig? And if you try to run, I'm going to send you up the flagpole. That was the drill. <laughs> <laughs> Fire drill. You dig? And we got to be better, man. Like, I think that we became so, we became so sensitive that we actually became insensitive. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of that. And I, I, like, I think, you know, and like to go back to the birthing, like it was like, you know, it's like that same level of thing. It's like, how did we go so extreme that we now are at the other end of the spectrum of like, Bill Burr is so racist that he's marrying someone to appear not racist, but he's still racist. Like that doesn't like, it just doesn't make much logical sense in today's day and age. Like he would have a child with that person to prove he's not racist because he's so racist. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's become, no one gets the repercussions. They just say whatever they want and it gets picked up and goes viral. But it's like, yeah, no, like those people that are saying stuff like that should be clocked in the face. You did Either and then you learn better to emotion. not do that. I think everybody in this world should get their ass beat at least one time. And that don't have to be a physical. That could be mentally. That could be emotionally. That could be verbally because it makes you a better person. You know what I mean? Like, I did never went to jail because I got my ass beat throughout my whole life. I was like, mm, oh, y'all going to go steal a car? I'm good on that, dog. Like, yeah, that's that's five to ten years. But that's also eight to ten hours of ass beat when I get home. I can't do it today. Like, it was like certain aspects of it. You thought about life a little bit differently. And it doesn't have to be a physical thing at all. It could mm -hmm. be a mental thing. It could be an emotional thing. It changes you. Verbal thing. Yeah. It changes you, you know. And I think that we are allowing people to just run ruckshard throughout life and thinking that their actions don't have consequences and everything you do has a consequence. And if you don't get burned by it, eventually you're gonna burn everything around you down. And then we're gonna look around like, how did we get here? And then we're gonna be like, we got here because we didn't check these people when they were actually in their developmental stages. So we allowed them to become adults who ended up like this. Yep, no, for sure. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where to even take it from there. I mean, that might be just a wrap. I mean, that's, I mean, I could talk about that for another hour or two and just till I'm blue in the face. It's that same thing. You know, you, you don't, if you, if you feel no adversity, you know, you're not fully formed. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a fully developed individual until you hit something and kind of have to dig deep and figure out who you really are and who you really want to be. Because when you get to skate through life with everything handed to you and you think 
you're high and mighty and can do whatever you want because no one's ever pushed back on that. You know what I mean? Like, how can you say that you're fully developed or even, you know, n- no one's a fully developed individual, I would argue, but, um, you know, that's that, that, but there's some half baked motherfuckers out there. Yeah. Like that one's just not even close. Yeah. Like, like everything's always been good for you. Like, yeah. Or, or, or you think it's good and not realizing what reality is that you actually are in a terrible situation, but you just don't acknowledge it because you're living in a different universe. Yep. And, and yeah. the thing is, too, I'm going to say two things. And I'm going to throw it to you if you want to close it, is there's been 102 murders in Philadelphia in just over 100 days. So everybody out there stay dangerous because being safe obviously isn't the answer. And the second thing is, last episode we were on here, we made, I wouldn't say fun. Fun is not the word I would use. I'm going to say fun because I can't think of a better phrase or word to use about everybody having a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And then Amanda Nunes used her Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt to submit the number one contender for her title. It's going to put it out there that Dana White is listening. So pay that woman, Dana. Yeah. Uh, t- she's just a different animal than everyone else. So th- I think there's still a lot of frauds. She's just not one of them. Um, but yeah, no, m- making fun, uh, I would say question the integrity of Brazilian. Yeah, we didn't make fun of what it is. We make we fun did. of Brendan Schaub. That's different. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we make fun of Brendan Schaub. That's, that's different. But that's it. Episode 12. Uh, shout out to the GOAT once again, as well as the professor, another legend of the game. We out.
baby My sugar boo I'm levitating The Milky Way We're renegating I got you Moonlight You're my starlight I need you All night Come on, dance with me I'm levitating You can fly away with me tonight You can fly away with me tonight Baby, let me take you for a ride I'm